Hi everybody, welcome to Parsha by Hannah. Super excited for this week's Parsha Shear. Um, finally, Israel and America are going to be up to the same Parsha, so thankfully we'll all be on the same page. Um, this week's Parsha is Parshat Balak. Um, definitely a Parsha that has a lot that happens in it. When I usually think of Parshat Balak, I immediately think of Bilam, who is the protagonist of this Parsha, if you could call him that. Um, rarely do I ever think about the person who gives the Parsha its name. So who is Balak, and what can his request of Bilam teach us about the nature of his character? So though it might not seem like a lot of information, the entire focus of this year is surrounding the first six psukim of our Parsha. Um, There is also an accompanying source sheet, as well as a huge document that has all of the Makarot that are mentioned in this year. I will definitely be putting both of those up on social media as soon as I post this year. So if you are ever looking for um, any of the translations or um, sources inside, find it when I post the audio recording and the accompanying source sheet for this year. So in Bamidbar, Perak Chafbet Sukim Alaf Thruvav, it says, Vayusub Bnei Israel, Biachanu Be'arvot Moav, Me'ever Le'yardin Yericho, Vayera Balak Ben Sipore Kolashera Sa Israel Le'amori, Vigar Moav Mipnea Am Me'od, Kirav Hu Vikats Moav Mipne Bnei Israel, Vayomar Moav Al Zigne Israel, Midian ata yal chechu hakahal et kosi vivo tenu kelachoch hashor et yara kasade ubalak bansipor melech lemuav beetahi ishach malachim el bilam ben beorb torah asher al hanar erts bene amo le crolo le amor le omer Hine am yatsami mitraim, hine kasa et in haaretz, vehu yoshev mimale. Vata lachana arali eta amaze ki atsum hu mimenu ulai ochal nikapo ve egrashonu mena arts ki adati et asher tevarech mivorach ve asher to arye o. The Israelites then marched on and encamped in the steppes of Moab, across the Jordan from Yericho. Balak, son of Sipor, saw that all Israel had done to the Amorites. Moab was alarmed because the people were so numerous. Moab dreaded the Israelites. And Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this horde will lick clean all that is about us, as an ox licks clean up the grass of the field. Balak, son of Sipor, who was king of Moab at that time, sent messengers to Balaam, son of Beor and Petor, which is by the Euphrates, and the land of his kinsfolk, to invite him, saying, There is a people that came out of Egypt, it hides the earth from view, and it is settled next to me. Come then, put a curse upon this people for me, since they are too numerous for me. Perhaps I can thus defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed indeed, and he whom you curse is cursed. So that's, you know, a pretty hefty chunk of psukim. Um, in this year, I'm going to break them down pasuk by pasuk um, to give us 
information and detail into who exactly Balak was. So starting in Pasukbet, we are introduced to Balak ben Sipor, who was the king of Moab at that time. The rest of the Pasuk tells us all that he heard that Bnei Israel had done. So firstly, who is Balak ben Sipor, and what did he hear about Bnei Israel? So the Mepharshim on this Pasuk give us multiple options of who Balak was and what, is, what it was exactly that he heard. The first option that we are given for what Balak heard is that the Jewish people were very numerous. Many Mepharshim bring up this idea, including the Torah Aroch, Ziftei Chachamim, as well as the Dat Zekenim. If you're looking for any of these sources, I will attach the unabridged version of the Makorot list when this year goes live on social media. In the Mepharshim, there are three options for what it is that Balak heard that I want to focus on, especially in this year. First, we have the Rabbeinu Bechaya on this Pasuk, which he says, Balak son of Zippor saw all that the Israelites had done to the Amorite. This Balak was the king of Moab, as the Torah reveals almost immediately in Pasuk Dalid. Why did the Torah describe his kingship in such a peculiar fashion, i.e. he was king over the Moabites at that time? Why did it not simply write, Balak king of Moab saw what the Israelites had done? Perhaps the Torah wanted to contrast the attitude to Sichon and Og to the Israelites to that of Balak. The former had been full of self-confidence, arrogance even, not so Balak, and soon as Balak realized the fate that had befallen Sihon and Og, he no longer considered himself king. Kings are arrogant by definition. Balak had learned Be'etahi at that time, at the times of the defeat of Sihon and Og, the kings with mighty armies were no match for the Jewish people, who did not even have a crowned head at the helm. The fact that Sihon and Og were not just average kings among the Canaanites is pointed out by God himself, who whenever he speaks about his defeating the Canaanites, cites the Amorites as the one whom he humbled, i.e. they compare in Amos Perek Bet Pasuk Yud Gimel, represented the mighty tribe of the Canaanite nation. Balak had previously considered the proximity of Sihon and Og as his insurance policy against being invaded by the Israelites. When he saw that his paid protectors had themselves proved inadequate, he suddenly became filled with fear. I find this mafarish particularly interesting because it focuses on Balak, his perceived insecurity in broaching this topic. This is a theme that we will find reflected among many of the other mafarshim as we continue to analyze the following psukim. The next mafarish that I want to bring inside is that of the Midrash Tanchuma. He takes a different approach to this pasuk in that it focuses on the special relationship that Bnei Israel had with Hashem and why Balak was uncomfortable with that. Now Balak ben Zippor saw. This text is related to um, a pasuk in Tvarim, Parak Lame Gimel, Pasuk Dalad that says, The rock, his work is perfect because all his ways are justice. As the Holy One, blessed be he, did not leave the nations of the world a pretext for saying in the future to come. You alienated us and did not give us anything like what you gave Israel in this world. Why did the Holy One, blessed be he, do? Just as he raised up kings, prophets, and sages for Israel, so did he raise them up for the nations of the world. Moreover, the kings, prophets, and sages that belonged to Israel were examined alongside the kings, prophets, and sages that belonged to the other nations. He raised up Shlomo as a king over all the earth, as he did the same for Nebuchadnezzar, as it stated in Yirmiyah, Perek, Chaf, Zion, Pasuk, Vav.
I even gave him the wild beasts to serve him. The former built the holy temple and said many praises and supplications. The latter destroyed it and cursed and blasphemed, as it said in Isaiah, Parakyud Dalad, Pasuk Dalad, I will go up to high places of the clouds. I will resemble the Most High. He gave David wealth, and he acquired the house for his name. He gave wealth to Haman, and he acquired a whole nation for slaughter. Every dignity Israel received, you find that the nations of the world also received. In like manner, he raised up Moshe for Israel, who spoke with him at any time that he wanted. And he raised up Bilam for the nations of the world, in order that he might speak with him any time that he wanted. Look at what a difference there is between the prophets of Israel and the prophets of the nations of the world. The prophets of Israel warn the nations about the transgressions, and so it says, I have given you as a prophet to the nations. The prophets who he raised from the nations, however, established a breach to cut off mortals from the world to come. And not only that, but all the prophets had a merciful attitude towards both Israel and the nations of the world. For so did Isaiah say in Isaiah Perak, Therefore, my inner part throbs like a harp for Moab. And similarly, had Yechezkel said in Yechezkel Perek Chafzayin Pasuk Bet, Son of man, rise up a dirge over Tyre. But this cruel man rose up to uproot a whole nation without cause, for nothing. Therefore, the Parsha about Balaam was written to make known why the Holy One, blessed be he, removed the Holy Spirit from the nations of the world. It was because he raised man out of the nations of the world, and look at what he did. The last verse that I want to bring inside on Pasuk Bet is that of the Shnei Luchot Habrit. Is in that understanding of the Pasuk, we start to view Balak as a lot more of an insidious character because he seeks to destroy the very relationship of that Bnei Israel have with Hashem. Balak and Bilam were both very clever and learned people who used their knowledge to evil purpose. They were both well aware of the close relationship that existed between Israel and its God. Balak was even wiser than Bilam. He was privy to the great chain of the dynasty of David and how it would eventually result in Mashiach's descendant from David. He knew that this very strength of Israel was rooted in himself, Otsembimeni, as we have outlined. The reason he was afraid was that he realized that purity can emerge from an impure source, that the good can have an evil source, in order that the Malachra would have to say Amen, as we have explained above. This is why his mind worked over time to devise a plan to sever this close relationship between Israel and God. He wanted to reverse the relationship. He thought that if he were to succeed, all the deeds of valor that would be performed by David in the future would occur to his own people instead of to Israel. This is why the paragraph starts by telling us Balak, son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorite. The three names by which Balak refers to Israel represent three distinct merits or advantages of Israel. He called them Am because they were very numerous, since Hashem had blessed them to become as numerous as the stars of the sky. The description B'nai Israel implied an even closer relationship with God. When Balak referred to Israel as Israel, he described their highest level, the level that we hope to attain when we all qualify to be the elite. The word B'nai, sons of, implies that we are only branches of something just as children or branches offshoots to their parents. Israel, on the other hand, is the trunk that these offshoots come from, the place in which the image of the original Israel, 
the fighter for Hashem, our patriarch, is engraved, the throne of Hashem himself. That is the source from which all souls are hewn as from a quarry. As mentioned, Balak was well aware of the cosmic forces and the role Israel played in that constellation. In order to loosen the bond between Israel and Hashem, he wanted Bilam to curse them at the precise moment at which Hashem is angry. The significance of a curse is to reinforce the voice of the accuser who brings Israel iniquities to Hashem's attention at that moment when Hashem allows himself to become angry. Since Bilam was Yodea Da'at Elyon, privy to Hashem's mind, he knew the right time and he also knew how to present, present an unfavorable picture of someone. He was the ideal man for this task. Balak had a vision of an imminent sin Israel would commit, as provided indeed the case when they sinned shortly thereafter by becoming seduced by the daughters of Moab. This is why he urged Bilam, curse them for me now, seeing that their punishment by Hashem would follow almost immediately. Balak had seen the expression of Hashem's closeness to Israel by the many miracles Hashem had performed for the people. All this is reflected in the Torah stating, Balak saw all that Israel had done to the Amorite. He realized that only a people who enjoyed such a lofty spiritual status, as indicated by the name Israel, could have accomplished that feat. Although Balak had witnessed the defeat of the Amorite, seeing that he had been one of the princes of the Amorite, his people had not seen it, had only heard about it. Hence, when describing the feelings of his people, the term used for Israel is simply Ha'am. Nonetheless, even the people of Moab were aware that there existed a special relationship between Israel and its God. Therefore, Ve'yikitz Moab Israel. When the Moabites discussed what to do with the elders of Midian, who were not aware of the special close relationship between Hashem and Israel, they emphasized the numerical strength of the Jewish people by referring to them as the Kahal meaning that every individual tribe qualified for the description Am, and that they were as described in Genesis, Lamed He, Goy Vekal Goyimimech Yotso'u, a nation as well as a community of nations will come out of you. The expression Kahal then emphasizes the 12 tribes that made up this nation. So now that we have established what background reasoning was for Balak's plan, which was namely that the Jews were too numerous and or that they would take over Moab, that Balak himself was insecure, seen in the Rabbeinu Bahaya, or that the Jewish people had a relationship with Hashem that Balak was jealous of, as seen in the Shnei Luchot Now that the basis for hatred is in place, we must continue to see how this plan develops. Now in Pasuk Gimel, there are two major parts. One is that Bnei Israel has become very numerous. The second part, which is arguably the most important part, is that Moab were afraid for their lives. Starting with the first part of the Pasuk, that Bnei Israel had become too numerous, most of the Mepharshim read this to be pshat, or just the literal or simple meaning of the text. I'm going to put in the Sefer Yashar inside below, but his view is also found in the Targum Yonatan, the Ankelus, Chizkuni, and Ramban. So the Sefer Yashar on this says, And when the elders of Moab heard these words, it pleased them greatly to send for Balaam, the son of Beor, and Balak, the son of Sipor, king of Moab, sent messengers unto Bilam, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide 
over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me these people, for they are too mighty for me. Pre-adventure I shall prevail, then we smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot that he whom thou blessed is blessed, and thee who, thee who whom cursed is cursed. And the messengers of Balak went, and they brought Balaam to curse the people. But when Balaam came to curse Israel, the Lord said unto him, Curse not this people, for it is blessed. And Balak requested Balaam day after day to curse Israel. But Balaam did not hearken unto Balak on account of the word of the Lord, which he had spoken unto Balaam. Now focusing on the second part of the Pasuk, that the people of Moab were afraid for their lives, like the first part of the Pasuk, many Mepharshim read this as Pshat, including the Rashbam, which I'm going to include below, as well as Siftei Chachamim and Rashi. So the Rashbam on Pasuk Gimel says, Ve'ikids Moab, the expression describes someone becoming fed up with life, similarly to when Rivka had said that if she would become fed up with her life if Yaakov were to marry a Canaanite girl, as had Esav, his brother. There is one Mefarash on this Pasuk who brings a slightly different vision, which becomes the thesis of the Shir. This is the Kedushat Levi on Pasuk Gimel. Judging by the fact that the Torah distinguishes these feelings of the Moabites vis-a-vis Ha'am, the people, and subsequently vis-a-vis B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, we are entitled to assume that the term Ha'am refers to the fellow travelers, the mixed multitude that had attached themselves to the Israelites at the time of the Exodus. According to the Zohar, the fear of the Moabites was due to their in, due to their having noticed that wherever the Israelites encamped, 40th year near the Jordan River, many Gentiles would join them and convert to Judaism, so that the word Ha'am here does not refer to the mixed multitude that had joined the Israelites already at Exodus. Balakar's people were afraid that if the Israelites were to encamp near them, more Moabites would convert to Judaism and join them. The next line, describing the mental state of the Moabites as being one of dread of the Israelites, explains that whereas normally Balak could not have cared less, here the fact that the Moabites were in such dread of the Israelites caused him to fear the wholesale defection among his people to the Israelites as a real possibility. Balak was a great anti-Semite. The last line of Kedushat HaLevi is so important that it stands to be repeated. Balak was a great anti-Semite. The, v- the view of Balak's character became the thesis for this year when I started to view the arguments made in the previous two psukim within the broader lens of anti-Semitism. S- tropes that have become commonplace, such as that as the Jews control everything and that they are conniving in stealth, have been anti-Semitic go-tos for what feels like all of history. The point will just be reinforced as we continue to analyze the following psukim within that lens. Continuing with Pasuk Dalad, we have this metaphor that compares the Jewish people seen as a horde that will lick clean all that is about us, as an ox licks up all the grass of the field. This metaphor is directed at the elders of Midian, which is seemingly an unlikely ally for Moab. The majority of the Mepharshim agree on this Pasuk that Moab and Midian put aside their hatred for each other to focus it on their mutual hatred of the Jewish people. This is evident in the Sifri, Siftei Chachamim, the Rabbeinu Bachaye, and the Chizkuni, which I will insert below, Sforno and Rashi. 
Chizkuni on this Pasuk, Pasuk Dalit says, Moab said to the elders of Midian, etc., that they were neighbors and they were contractually allied to them. We know this from Genesis 36-35, where Midian is referred to as ha- having made common cause with Moab. Combined, they defeated Haddad ben Badad. Viewing this concept, again within the larger frame of anti-Semitic tropes, we see many historical similarities, especially currently when it comes to Israel. There are often unlikely partners whose seemingly only common bond is as is a hatred for Israel. While I do not want to make any political arguments, I think it is a helpful observation in hoping to fight back against the current state of anti-Semitism. Moving to Pasuke, we have Balak now trying to convince Balaam to curse B'nai Israel on his behalf. The Mepharshim be- bring the interesting concept that while Balak was the king of Moab, he sent a- to a person from Midian, which was his nation, to deal with his dirty business. This point is made in the Torah Aruch, Rashbam, Chizkuni, and Rashi. There are two Mepharshim that bring up different ideas on this pasuk. Firstly, we have the Bamidbar Rabbah that states Balak went looking for Bilam in order to increase his popularity. Since the kings of the nation of the world took counsel with him as the money changer to whom they all would show their coins, still others say that in the beginning he was an interpreter of dreams. He turned to being a diviner, then he turned to the Holy Spirit. Do not suppose that it is for myself alone that you are doing this, and that I alone am honoring you. If you uproot them, you shall receive honor from all the nations, so that the Canaanites and the Amalekites shall all bow down to you. Here is a people that has come out of Egypt, he said to them. He said to him, As for you, how does it concern you? He said to him, Look, they have covered the face of the earth. There are two eyes upon which the land depends. Sichon and Og. They have destroyed them and covered their eyes. And now what do I do? Now they are dwelling opposite me. In the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. So come now, please, curse this people for me. What is the meaning of curse for me? Perhaps I shall be able to control them little by little, like somebody who picks figs, for they are mightier than I. It is not that they are more valiant than I, nor is it that their forces are numerous. It is simply that they conquer through their mouth, and this is something that I cannot do. Perhaps I shall be able to smite them. What reason was there for this one to engage them in war? Did not the Holy One, blessed be he, tell them this, that Israel was not to take any of their land? It was simply that Balak was more of a master of sorceries and divinations than Bilam, for it is so written of him in Bamidbar Perkhafbet, Pasukbet. Now Balak ben Zippor saw in a vision, except that he did not really comprehend the things. And so it says in Yeshaya, you are wearied with your many deliberations. Let those who study the heavens please stand up and save you, those who gaze at the stars. When he saw Israel would fall into his hand, he therefore gave his daughter over to prostitution to lure the sins. And drive them away from the land, for he only desired to drive them away, so that they would not enter the land. For I know that whoever you bless is blessed, and that whomever you curse is cursed. From where did he know? When Sihon desired to fight with Moab and was afraid because they were warriors, he hired Bilam and his father to curse Moab, for it says, Therefore those who speak in parables say, Come to Cheshbon, let it be built, let the city of Sihon be established. For a fire has come forth from Cheshbon, a flame from the city of Sihon, it has devoured Ar of Moab. 
<clears throat> Balak saw Bilam's potential for power, and he knew of his spiritual capabilities. So by getting him on his side, Balak was striving to make himself look more credible. The other source that I want to bring inside is that of the Orachim, who states that Balak was using the idea that Israel would disinherit Moab in order to protect national security. He had to do something. I wonder if that sounds familiar to anybody. Balak meant that Israel's general behavior indicated it meant to disinherit, disinherit the Moabites. According to Bamidbar Rabbah Chaf Zion, it was the posture of the Israelites which frightened Balak. They appeared to be victorious as soon as they opened their mouths. Balak mentioned all this in order to counter Bilam's expected response that he could curse them from his residence without bothering himself to travel all the way to Moab. Balak was also afraid that Bilam would become aware by means of his sorcery that the Israelites actually had no intention to harm or destroy the territory of Moab, and that as a result of such knowledge, he would refuse to come to him, but simply reassure him that his people would not harm him. This is why he prefaced his invitation by describing how the people were spread out all over the area around Moab, and that one could not re rely on what Bilam's magic would tell him about the nation's intentions. The fact is that according to Bilam's magic sources, this people should never have left Egypt, nor should they have increased in numbers. This was reason enough for Bilam to come personally and convince himself of the true state of affairs. Now that Balak has been gaining steam with all his arguments, he reaches out to Bilam to do something which he is not capable of accomplishing himself, which is to curse the Jewish people. He reaches out to Bilam in hopes of controlling the narrative among the Jewish people. This idea is reinforced by the Midrash Tanchuma, the Targum Yonatan, which I will bring below, and the Sifte Chachamim. The Targum Yonatan on Bamidbar Chafbet Pasukvav says, But now I entreat, come curse this people, for me, for they are stronger than I. If I may but be able to meet them, though, they, though smaller than they, and drive them from the land, for I know that he whom the thou dost bless is blessed, and, that, and he whom thou dost cursed is cursed. Another reason that is given by multiple Mepharshim is that Balak wants revenge for the lands that were taken in the Battle of Sichon and Og, and that Balak did not want to exterminate the Jews, that he simply wanted his land back. This is seen in the Kedusha Levi, Chizkuni, Rashi, Sforno, and the Dad's Kanim, which I will insert below. The Dat Zakenim on Bamibar Chafbet Pasukvav says, so that I will be able to expel them from the land. He did not mean to exterminate them, but merely to chase them away from the land which was his. According to Rashi, he referred specifically to that part of Moab, which Sihon had many years earlier conquered from Moab. Now that we have established what kind of person Balak is, and just what he exactly hopes to do to the Jewish people, we can we can jump to the conclusion of our Parsha, in which Bilam on multiple occasions tries to curse the Jewish people on Balak's behalf, but it always comes out as blessing. Herein lies the true story of our Parsha. Despite all Balak was attempting to do to the Jewish people, he not only failed, but the people were blessed because of his actions. You must understand that anti-Semitism is a sad reality of this world currently. It is very easy to get discouraged with all the negative pressure that is put on the Jews on a near daily basis. We must not let it defeat it, us. We are destined for a higher purpose. I'm not saying that it is easy to not internalize the disgusting hatred that exists for Jews. I'm not saying that such behavior should be normalized. 
What I am trying to say is that in every generation, people will try to raise up against the Jews and defeat us. Sadly, this is not a new concept, but we still exist. Our communities are thriving, and sometimes the best gratification is delayed. Thank you all very much. I'm going to put all of the sources online. If anybody has any thoughts or questions, please let me know, and I hope you enjoy.